Welcome back, Yard Broadway. I'm Andrew. I'm cold. You're not cold. You're Abby. I'm Abby. You're fucking cold is what you are. I'm so cold. Because in Kentucky, we got our first snow on November 30th. I I was shocked. I was shocked. Uh, we had probably a solid three and a half inches on the deck. And yeah. And probably two inches on the cars. Yeah. It was insane, but it was gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Looking out our back window. Yeah, poor bud. He wanted to plan it so bad. I go, no, I gotta go to work. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Um, all right, so we are back for week two of our holiday specials. And today yes. we are talking about White Christmas, which is one of our favorite films. Uh, and I particularly love the stage show. I love this movie so much. I really do. And you watch it. On the first snow of every year, you try to at least. I try to. You know, when we have a first snow. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a tradition that I started, I'll say back in college, but we know how that went. But uh, my roommate at the time um, had the same tradition, and, and they kind of introduced me to it. And so we started doing it together, and I've just, we've always continued it, even though we're, we don't see each other yeah. that much anymore. But, so yeah, every first snow of the year. We watch White Christmas, or I should say, I white I watch White Christmas. Um, my kids don't really care because it's it's an old movie and there's no yeah. animation. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, and mm-hmm. I honestly thought we weren't going to get to this actual episode of the podcast until probably late January. Well, I mean, we were still <laughs> going to do this episode because we're talking about the stage show. We will talk about the movie and we'll talk about differences and things like that. But I mean, we're we're covering the Broadway here on Backyard Broadway. That's what we do. <laughs> You almost forgot to introduce the podcast. I did. I said welcome to Backyard Broadway, okay. like I always do. Okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, you have your, your first snow tradition. I have my Christmas tradition. My mm-hmm. The first Saturday in December, I watched Mrs. Santa Claus. Yes. Which I'll be talking about on next week's episode <laughs> after I watch it. Yes. this Saturday. Yes, it is. Um, it's also Light Up LaGrange. Sort of, kind of. Sort of, kind of. Um, but, uh, so we're kind of going to kind of... I wish I could talk right now. So basically what's going to happen is you're going to go over the Broadway and I will help with the movie. Yes. But we're going to combine my holiday musical film with our talk because White Christmas is a musical holiday film and I'll save Jingle Jangle for next week or for the week after next. Oh, okay. Because mm-hmm. um, I did watch it. It was really cute. I okay. I should watch it. Oh, okay. But anyways, so White Christmas oh. on stage. Um... I had no freaking clue they were even attempting this. Mm-hmm. And when it first came to Broadway and I saw the announcements and everything, I was like, oh, like, this will be great because prob- they're probably just basically taking the movie and putting it on stage. Well, a lot of the movies written, like, where it can just be put on stage, you know? It's kind of like the style of that movie. It's very... What if my fiance just ordered on Amazon? Anyways. Oh, God. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it kind of lends itself to that. So it did not come to Broadway until 2008, but it had its first production at the Muni in St. Louis in 2000. And then it had a tour in 2004, which I don't even remember if that tour came anywhere near here. I know after the initial Broadway run, it came here. Uh-huh. The second time... It came here. It didn't come here. It came to um, Bloomington. Mm-hmm. And the maid was played by Lorna Luft, Judy Garland's daughter. Oh. They played Paulette. Paulette? And Grease 2. Oh. I was like, that's not her name. Paulette and Grease 2. 
Why did I just forget her name? And <laughs> oh my god. Uh, uh, the, uh, the the housekeeper. Uh, yes, the housekeeper. Uh, Martha. Martha. I don't think that's what it is in the movie. Uh, I don't remember what it is in the movie. I thought it was like, it started with an E in the movie. I thought it was like Emma or something like that. No, maybe that was the granddaughter. No. Fuck. We can look it up. We I, can look it up. I just watched it! I know you did. Yes. Um, so, yes, like I said, it premiered in 2000 at the Muni in St. Louis in July. Christmas in July. Because they do a summer season. They don't do, because it's an outdoor amphitheater, they do a season throughout the summer. They don't do a full mm-hmm. year-round season. So it premiered in July. Another in July. Another holiday show that premiered at the Muni that nobody thought was coming to Broadway was Holiday Inn. Mm-hmm. Oh, and another everyone, great one. Everyone who saw it at the Muni hated it. Really? Why? They said it was long, drawn out, and boring. <gasps> Wait, White Christmas or Holiday Inn? Holiday Inn. Oh, even with the buckets? Even with the buckets. Oh I, don't even, I don't know if the buckets were in it. And, well, no wonder it was boring and they needed the but, buckets. That okay. one did come. Okay, but we're not talking about holidays. No, we are talking about White Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> we have to save some material for that episode. Yes. So the original Broadway cast included Stephen Stephen Bogardus, Jeffrey Denham, Carrie O'Malley, Meredith Patterson, uh, Susan Manser, and Melody Hollis played uh, the daughter, the granddaughter. granddaughter. I Stephen Bogardus is the only name I know, and it's because he's played the Phantom and the Beast. Which part did he play? He played Bob. Oh, he was Bob? Bob Wallace. Bob. And then um, the other guy was Stephen something? Phil. Was, was Jeffrey Phil? Denham. Phil Davis? Yep. Wallace Jeffrey, and Davis. Jeffrey Denham, which I've heard his name before, and I was like, I remember initially when I first saw his name, I don't remember what show it was attached to, but I was like, Jeffrey Dahmer? No. <laughs> and then I had to reread it again. I'm like, oh, it's Denham. It's Denham, not Dahmer. <laughs> Learn to read. That's a different podcast. But the show has had many productions in the UK, the West End, um, here, and regionally. I mean, I was in a production of it 10 years ago. Does that hurt a little bit? It hurts so much. I had to pull over on my way here when I realized that it had been 10 years since I had been in White Christmas (laughs) and tell myself to breathe because I was like, oh my God, it's been that long holy shit um (laughs) it's played australia it's played it's played a lot of places um and it does really really well when it's a community or regional production yeah ours i know we had the six initial performances and then we had to add a saturday because we sold out so quickly and then that one sold out in an hour wow and then we we couldn't add anymore because of everybody's schedule yeah but it was that was not a fun day (laughs) <laughs> that was let me let me tell you about my two show day with White Christmas. Oh jeez. So I still had to go to work at five AM at Arby's. Oh no. That Saturday. Oh no. And got off at one o'clock. No, got off at twelve thirty. The uh-huh. show was at two. Mm-hmm. So I had to fly downtown yeah. to the Kentucky Center, get into costume as quickly as possible, mm-hmm. and then do the show. And then we all walked to Spaghetti Factory mm-hmm. in between shows for dinner. And I was like, I've got to have pasta. I've got to have carbs to keep me going because I'm so flipping tired because we had a show Friday night. Uh-huh. And so I didn't get home till almost midnight. And right. And then you had to be, then a, had to be, be at, at work, work at 5, five yeah. During the second show, I lost it. 
Oh no! I had a complete and utter meltdown, <gasps> and was messing up, and was just I was all over the place during intermission. I was in the light room, which was one of our prop rooms, uh, but the light room of the next theater, the Kentucky Center, in the corner. Curled up in the fetal position, just bawling my eyes out. Oh, no. Because I was so exhausted. Yeah. And could not handle life. And the girl I was dating at the time was playing Judy. She was trying to comfort me, and I'm just like, get the fuck away from me. Oh, she never learned. She didn't learn. Yeah. She didn't learn. It was yeah. mm-hmm. not pretty. And then during the Act 2 opener, I it's a rehearsal scene, mm-hmm. which we'll, we'll get to when we do the full cast album rundown. Um I fell because the general is running after Martha mm-hmm. through the rehearsal mm-hmm. to get the bills from her, the mm-hmm. overdue bills. And he bumped into me and I went down on my ass, which of course set me off again. But I'm like, I'm in the middle of the freaking second act. I can't lose my shit. Right. And so I just got up and acted like it was part of the show in which everybody, half of my work people were at this performance mm-hmm. and they were all like, Oh my God, he fell. Was he supposed to fall? Da, da, da. And then after the show, they were like, Oh my God, that was the greatest fall ever. Did you hurt yourself? Like how many times did you have to practice that to get it right? Da, da, da. I was like, that was the first time I ever fucking did it. <laughs> and yes, I hurt my fucking tailbone. It hurt. <laughs> oh my God. But I got up and I danced and then I tap danced some more and it was, uh... there's a lot of tap dancing. Yeah. Was it the act two or was it the act one finale? Anyways, we'll get there. Um, But like many film to Broadway adaptations, there are a lot of differences. It follows the same basic storyline. Yes. Bob and Phil meet in the army. They have a general. They come home from the army. They form a performance duo. They get tricked into coming to see this set of sisters at a nightclub. Um, And then... The Haynes sisters. They're like, oh, we're going to Vermont. And Phil's like, oh, we're going to go to Vermont too, right? Oh, his penis. Right? (laughs) <laughs> with his whole uh, hurt shoulder, it's like his arm, doing it for a friend in the army. Um, if, Let's just say we're doing it for a friend. In if the a army. building's ever about to fall on you and somebody offers to save you, don't let them. Huh? I think, I think the line was, um, if a, if a building's about to fall on you and someone offers to pick you up and carry you out of the way, don't think about it. Just don't don't stop. Don't think about it. Just spit in his eye. And she's like, what? <laughs> Yeah, and you just watched, you just watched it, so you yeah. have it like and fresh so, in your head. And she's like, "What does that mean?" He goes, "It means we're going to Vermont." Yeah, it means we're going to Vermont. Um, so, initial responses to the show was uh, from the New York Times: "The show is fresh and appealing as a roll of Necco wafers found in a mothballed Christmas stocking." What? <laughs> what? Basically, it was a campy, campy production that they were not happy with, but oh. because it was a Christmas show and it it. Please, the audiences, it was fine, is basically what that says. That is not what that says. That meant that, said that it was crap. <laughs> the show received two Tony nominations for Best Choreography and Best Orchestrations. I agree And received uh, Drama Desk Award nominations uh, for Outstanding Director of a Musical, Outstanding Choreography, Outstanding Orchestrations, Outstanding Set Design of a Musical, Outstanding Costume Design, and Outstanding Sound Design. So. I agree with choreography. I mean, it had quite a few... Um, Good, what was I just, I completely, Actors, choices, scenery, It clearly had things going for it because it was nominated for things is where I was going with that. Singing, songwriting. I'm so old. Like, Like, what the hell just happened to me? I'm trying to help you out. Um, 
I'm trying to find where it said. I believe in the original Muni production, Shrek, Brian Darcy James played Bob. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so, let's just go, let's get into it. Let's do it. Because I just watched the movie. Yes. So, of course, the overture starts and everybody knows exactly what's about to, to happen. You're there to see White Christmas, but... Once you hear that overture, you're like, oh, and it takes you back to the first time you ever saw the movie. Oh, the movie's so good. Um, It opens with them in the army. Yes. It's Christmas Eve, 1944. Yes. Deployed. And they are on stage. And it's actually Bob and Phil already performing together. Mm -hmm. In the movie, it's just Bob singing White Christmas. No, that's a lie. Sorry. What happens right before that? They both are singing a song together. They're both performing, but then it cuts away to um, the new general. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And the old general. Yeah, I forgot and about that. Yeah, and then when it, and then when he comes in, then Bob's singing uh, "White Christmas" yeah. to the tune of like the little music box because yeah. it stops and feels like oh fuck, fuck. Turns it really quick. Turn yes, it back Danny, on. Danny Kay. Oh, I love Danny Kay. Um, so it's called the prologue, but it's "Happy Holidays, White Christmas." The pre-reprise. I've never seen that term before. <laughs> the pre-reprise. Um, so it's basically they're singing happy holidays. Yes. Happy ho- and having a good old time um, in our production of it. I literally sat on the floor in an army uniform and watched this. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Wow. Um, a lot of the extras in the movie did that too. And our, bo- our Bob and our Phil had um, jingle bells sewn mm-hmm. onto their Santa suit, Santa jackets. And they kept falling off and flying, and one hit me in the eye one night. <laughs> <sighs> and I wanted to play Phil Phil Davis, and so the guy playing Phil Matt, he every time that a jingle bell would end up just wayward on the stage, and he would almost slip on it. He would, he's like, "You put it there on purpose so you can take my role." Because <laughs> I knew the role. Yeah, I, I learned it just just for shits and giggles. We never did understudies or anything right. like that. But um, so from there, we go to this. Big production on a television show. Oh, um, see, there's more in the movie. Yeah, I mean, you have the whole like wrap up at the army, and then it goes right because it's they're they're doing their farewell to the general, and then it's the whole uh, saving Bob's life part. Yeah, where he gets hurt, hurt in the arm. and there's a whole bit in the movie because like Phil's like in the infirmary, and Bob comes to thank him for saving his yeah. life. And if you need anything, anytime, any anytime, anywhere. Yeah, I wrote the song. Well, he's like, so he's like, oh, well, you just give me a call. I just happen to have it right here. Oh, yeah. He looks at it, he's like, well, th- this is meant to be a duet. And Phil's like, I work alone. I work alone. Phil's like, well, what about me? Like, you know, let's we can do it together. And he's like, well, no, I do it alone. He rubs his arm. He's like, okay, I, let's give it a shot. And then Phil pulls his arm out of the sling, shakes his hand, and then sticks it back into yeah. the sling. And Bob's like, well, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So, this was the first 30-second costume change of the show. Yes, there's a lot. Because literally, we had to run off stage into the back hallway. I had my tuxedo underneath my yeah. army uniform mm-hmm. and had one of the girls stripping me down yeah. so that I could make sure I had the vest on and the coat on to come out for this big production number of Happy Holidays slash Let Yourself Go. Yeah. Which, Let Yourself Go is not a Christmas song at all. But it's Irving Berlin. Mm-hmm. Which, the show is called Irving Berlin's White Christmas. Yes, it is. Um, and ours was a big tap number. Um, we had the commercial with the, I can't remember the name of the soap, the Oxidil girls or something like that. Oh. And they had the big uh-huh. soap boxes on. Yeah. And 
That was a fun costume change because yeah. they had less this than 30 bit seconds. in the movie is like, like cutaways. Like, of their careers kind of building up since they yeah. got out of the army. And, and they sing, in that cutaway, they sing... They sing bits and pieces of everything. Yeah, they do. Which nobody remembers that Heatwave is in the movie. It, we'll get to that it in is just in a movie. moment. What, how, how Heatwave ended up in our production. We'll oh! So, big tap number. Now, mind you, the Mech's Theater is a small black box theater. Yes. So, the audience is literally on stage. Yes. The front row of the audience is on stage. Yes. This asshole decided to have his feet spread out as far as he could in front of him. And our big tap number, you all can't see this, but Abby's going to see it. <laughs> oh, yay! I get dinner and a shout. Because <laughs> you can see, you can hear it in the music when uh-huh. you listen to it. It goes, da 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 So, our tap step was a step kick. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, you told me this story. And kick, and I kicked that guy twice because he did it again ten minutes, or five minutes later toward the end of the song, and we had the same dance step. And I'm like, you didn't fucking learn your lesson. Move your damn legs. I remember you told me that. That's Um, right. So, following that, they have this letter from Benny Haynes and asking them to come see his sisters. Didn't he have a nickname? Circle Face Haynes. Yes. The dog face boy. Yes, and they're like... Dread, like feels dreading seeing the sisters because they're like they must yeah. be just ugly as yeah. sin. And, and you know the picture in the movie, yeah, Face Haynes? Yeah. It's Alfalfa from the original Little Rascals. It is Alfalfa. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. So of course, you know, Phil's trying. To, I have a recent picture. Yes. Oh god. Phil's trying to convince Bob that this could be a good thing, you know, and then they somehow get on the topic of marriage, like they do in the film, and huh? um. Where, oh, after they see the sisters? They do it before, because remember when... Oh, you were talking about, like, so Phil tries to set him, like, in the movie... Phil try, tries yeah, to with set Rita him, and Rhoda like, in the stage like, like, I, love, <laughs> I love that part, because Bob's like, how are you? And she goes, mutual, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> just like that, and he's just like, no. Oh, Nikki and No. And he, she's like, why never? Oh, Nikki and, and Jane. And then whatever, the, the woman in the purple I, or the yeah. that Phil was going to go with is like, see if I do your dirty work anymore. And she's pulling down her crotch. Right? Like, right? Yank it at her crotch. Yank it at her crotch. I'm like, okay. So they get on this topic of marriage and Bob has the, you know, for oh just 45 minutes a day. Do you line. know also about the movie that I realized? For a good solid five seconds, you you see Bob in his tidy whities Yep. I never noticed that before <laughs> until tonight. I go, oh, 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 that's that's them. Okay, that's them. Almost as awkward as Laura with the bathtub. So, in the stage show, Bob's retort to the whole getting married, finding love type of thing is uh, the song "Love in the Weather," basically where he's like, "It's unpredictable, unreliable, irresponsible." And this is not in the movie. No, it's not in the movie. This is just a conversation in the movie where Phil's basically like, "You're a grumpy, lonely, unhappy man." Basically saying he needs to get laid yeah. because when Bob is unhappy, Phil is unhappy. Yes. A.K.A. when Bob doesn't get laid, Phil can't get yes. laid because they're just working constantly. So they get – so so Phil's just like, give me 45 minutes a day. Well, and like Phil's like trying to convince them to like actually take a vacation. Yeah. And and Bob's like, no, we got to go to Europe. We got to do this and that. And, you know, Phil's like, come on. Like all you do is work. As they're – stripping yes. through this whole scene in the movie. So, and in the stage show as well, they are changing their clothes. But on the opposite side of the stage is the Haynes sisters getting ready for their act. And so, 
Betty and Judy are having the same conversation about love and marriage. Yeah. And Betty is the exact same way. Like, no, it's it's unpredictable or irresponsible, which yeah. is all part of the song, Love yeah. and the Weather, and which is it, one of my favorite songs. Yeah. And in the movie, it's like Betty's like, you know, or Judy calls Betty a mother hen, yeah. you know, watching out for her little sister and things like that. And Betty basically like, well, until that perfect guy comes along for you that I know can take care of you, I'm going to be mother hen for a little yeah. while. Yeah. So this this leads us into sisters. 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 And we found pretty darn close replicas of the blue dresses. With the feathers? With the feathers for nice. our production. Yes. Um, I tried to get one of the dresses when, as yet, um, shuttered, and they gave away all their costumes. But uh-huh. somebody wanted both of them, so. Yeah. Anyways. Um, but we have their production, or their performance of it. Oh, and then... The the whole I'm sitting. You gonna sing through the whole thing? It comes between me and my man. Dance break. Dance break, which is a much bigger dance break in the stage show. Um, well, we had so much time in the movie. And so then they sit to talk to Bob and Phil. Boy, girl, boy, girl. Isn't this nice? Um, isn't this cozy? Isn't this cozy? Boy, girl, boy, girl. And you and realize Phil is not a ladies' man. No, he's not. He's by not any means. Awkward AF. <laughs> <laughs> like, how, you remember, like in the movie, and I don't know about the stage show, but in the movie, he, the way he gets on the topic about asking Betty about like settling down and having kids was he talks about how he read an article about dental floss and children. Yes. It's and not then. That way, though. And then it segues into, like, kids are nice, Betty. Like, do you like kids? Do you, you know, do you ever think about having kids or settling down? She's like, well, I, I guess so. I mean, oh, isn't that nice? Yes. And Bob's just sitting there drinking his water, like, pushing, pushing, you're pushing. So, Betty, or Judy and Phil get up to dance, and then Bob and Betty have their conversation about um, Judy playing an angle. Yeah. And everybody plays angles. Well, that's a pretty cynical point of view, don't you think? And... That leads into the best things happen while you're dancing between Phil and Judy. Which is a, it's a big dance number. It's a big dance number. It's a big dance number in the stage show. Mm -hmm. Uh, We cut it down from seven minutes to five. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's a big dance number in the movie. I mean, they get up on a boat. Yeah. And And if you. And soft shoe on a boat. If you've seen the movie, you'll notice that Phil is in a gray suit. Yes. With matching gray shoes. Yeah, because it's his tap shoes. And the couple of times you see him. The socks are the exact same color, so it would make his legs look longer and look more fluid as he was dancing. Oh. I've got all the fun tidbits. I thought it was just because they were his tap shoes. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, because he's wearing the black ones at the end. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So, then, it's not the same in the stage show. They're not running from anybody. Oh. Which, Um, in the movie, that's such BS. Because they're like... They're like, the sheriff's here to arrest you two. Why? Oh, our landlord said we burned a hole in the rug and wants us to pay $200. They're going to arrest you for not being able to prove that you burned a hole in the rug for $200? Clearly the sheriff was really upset about it, too. And the fact that it's 1947, No, it's the 50s. Is it the 50s? Oh, yeah, 10 years later. I keep forgetting about that. It's at the end. 10th anniversary. 10 years later. It's 1954. 1954. $200? No. No, that's a little extravagant, don't you think? And they're being arrested yeah. for not paying it because they didn't do it. And then, like, it cuts to, like, you know, they're trying to, like, get him away or whatever. And they're like, just buy some time, whatever that dude's name. The guy who owns the club. Yeah. And so the guy's, like, in there with the sheriff and the landlord. You can tell the sheriff is really concerned about catching yeah. these two, you know, 
as he eats his steak crazy, and his crazy criminals. Because he's literally just sitting there eating, not giving two shits. Yeah. Um, and in the stage show, you know, he, they Phil sends the girls out the window, and they're like, what... What, what do, do you have wish. to gain from this? And he's like 45 minutes yeah. to myself. <laughs> yeah, that's in the movie. But that's, uh, Well, yeah, that's... But I wish the stage show had the same thing in the movie that they added into the movie. That wasn't originally part of the movie. It is in the stage oh, show. Oh, it is? That's, yeah. I don't remember why the girls leave first, but then, yes, Bob and Phil come out and do sisters. Because well, the reason why they go on is to buy the girls more time to get away. Well, in the movie, yeah, but yeah. I don't remember the stage show right. why. Um, but yes, Bob and Phil do... Sisters, um, <laughs> so, and we it's did the so whole. It's so great in the movie. We did the sock garters. We did the pants rolled up. All that that fun. It's bit. great in the movie because you can tell that it was something they added in later because and didn't rehearse well, it. In the movie, what happened was that it was a long shoot day, mm-hmm. and everybody was getting fussy, mm-hmm. and so they were waiting for the girls to get back into the blue dresses to run it again. And Bob and Phil were like, "Well, being a Danny, yeah, we're like." Let, let's let's give them something. And so they had the guy turn on the record and they went out and did lip synced two sisters and the camera just happened to be rolling. Which I'm so glad it was. Which I'm so glad it was. It's so, so hilarious because you just see Bob lose his shit laughing yeah. at the end. And Phil, Danny Kay, Phil, he is just having so much fun with it and being so silly. It's yeah. so great. I mean, the, honestly, Danny Kay reminds me a lot of Jim Carrey yeah. with how he can move his face. The director loved it and was like, let's make it part of the show. Let's refilm it. And they were like, no, what we have is perfect with them yeah. losing it at the end and everything. Yeah. And all they did was add in the intro to it, and the, the impromptu surprise, and then the ending of them running off stage. Which is, again, great because Phil's like, wow, we really did a bang up job. Let's go take a bow. And he's like, are you crazy? Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, so then, then we move on to the train. Snow, and snow, snow. the um, there is there's no like um, bedroom that they're missing out on or anything like that. They're all just sitting around on a train. And I've seen regional productions of this where they cut the ensemble from this number and they do just the four of them like the movie. Mm-hmm. No, it is better with the ensemble oh, for okay. the stage show. Okay. Because there's so much going on underneath of the song it's snow guys snow Snow. oh let me go back to best things happen while you're dancing real quick in our production (laughs) there's a quartet Uh that sings and it's supposed to be soprano alto tenor bass Mm -hmm. um singing a verse of it while they dance right well we had me a soprano and an alto and then a fella who wasn't particularly great at singing. Aww. So he sang melody while I had to flip between both parts. Oh, no. Between tenor and bass on certain lines. Oh, no. And it was a pain in the ass. Yeah, that is a pain in the ass. And um, I'm not going to say who it was out loud. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Um, but. I can see that. Yeah. But we had fun with it, and it was a little jazzy quartet, and then we had to, like, get off stage real quick because they were going to dance on the platform we were standing on. But anyways, back to Snow. In the ensemble, everybody snow, is on snow, snow. two train cars, <laughs> <laughs> and we've got, like, the Snoring Man, which is a character in the script, the Snoring Man, because they wake him up singing, and he then joins in with a big, rousing 
Snow. Chorus, yes. And um, the entire ensemble is getting into it. And I had skis in this number. I had, you know, and there's instead of the, um, I'll soon be there with snow. That was replaced with ching, 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 ching. That was annoying as hell, <laughs> the jing jing jing. But like I said, there's so much going on underneath the actual words of the song uh-huh. that it's a lot more fun as a production number mm-hmm. with an ensemble. Okay. So if you ever do it, don't cut the ensemble from that number yeah, because you the, want it to be like the in movie. the movie. The train holding is like Phil has given the girls the, their train tickets so they can get away. Yeah. And then they get on the train and he's like, oh, "I can't find the tickets, Bob. Do you have them? No, you put the, them in there." So they had to pay for more tickets, but the train is full, so they have to stay in the... The supper car. Yeah, the uh, diner car or whatever. And sit up all night in the supper car. And, and so then Bob figures it out. And he's like, I'm going to go to room A, and I'm going to... If those girls are there, blah, blah, And then they walk in and thank yeah. Bob for his kind generosity. Because it was Bob's idea. It was all Bob's idea. And that he insisted, even though that's not true. And so then Bob's like, well, fuck. And then the topic comes up of them going to Vermont... Because Phil has been like, well, we should go to Vermont. we should take some some time before we go to New York and go to Vermont. Let's go to Vermont. It should be pretty well all that snow. And then the girls are like, we're going to Vermont. And Bob's like, oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> Wait, can we go back for a second where they're at the club? Because I don't know if this happened. This moment happens in the stage show. So in the movie, when they're at the club watching the girls sing Sisters, there's a bit where Phil leans into Bob and is like, blue eyes, brown eyes. Yeah. Yes. Where he's like, look at those brown eyes. Or we added it. And Bob's like, no, they're blue. And he's just like fixated on Betty. Because Carrie had blue eyes and Lauren had brown eyes. So I either we added it or it is part of the stage show. Okay. Um, because you see that infatuation because Bob hasn't had like any interest in girls until yeah. that point. So you have questions up to that point. So in the movie, they get to Vermont and they get off the train and clearly there is no snow. Yeah, doesn't Ju- Judy makes a joke about how they should have brought their bathing suits. Yeah. Um, in the stage show, we go from snow to the lobby of the inn where Martha, the housekeeper, is like, sorry, there's no snow. I guess we'll refund your money if that's what you want. Da, 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 da. And there's a bunch of us standing there in line upset because there is no snow. Again, I'm holding my skis. Yeah. And this is how... Another Irving Berlin song made it into the stage show when we did it. He waved? Because she's like, she's like, hey, it's just so warm out here, da, da, da. And she's like, I'm sorry. And so we all start to leave. And I'm like, I'm having a heat wave, a tropical heat wave. And I could hear the director in the booth running lights start cracking up because <laughs> I didn't do it until opening night. <laughs> I did not do it until opening night because I didn't have the balls in rehearsal because I'm like, she's going to get pissed. But then I'm like, fuck it, it's opening night. If she's mad about it, she's, she can come down and tell me she's mad about it and not mm-hmm. do it again and I won't do right. it again. But she came down and she was like, that was the best thing ever and it's another Irving Berlin song and it just fits so perfectly. Da, 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 da. I was like, well, it's in the movie. I was like, not that bit, but the song is in the movie. It is? Yes. And then I have to remind where it is in the movie. Oh, that's right. But oh. but then you added it here and it was just so funny and it works so perfectly. Da, da. And I'm like, you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. So... In the movie, they don't offer to, like, like refund all the money. They're like, we'll pay half the, the half fee for cancellation yeah. or something like that. Yeah, but it's just Bob and Betty and Judy right. and Phil that end up at the end in the movie. Right, yes. Um, so they come in after we all leave, 
And Martha's like, sorry, folks, there's no snow. You know, we can refund your money, whatever, half cancellation fee, whatever she says. And so they're talking to her and the general walks in. Yes. And as soon as Bob and Phil see the general, they drop what they have and they're at attention and they're like, yep. oh, general. And the general's like, oh, shit. I thought I'd never see these fuckers again. Because <laughs> yeah. that's basically the look on his face. Yep. And uh, I loved Howard in this part. He I was so Howard. funny. I loved Howard. Period. Like, he had the sternness when he needed to be the general, but then he was so funny. He had great comedic timing throughout this entire show. Well, it's your show that I need to go by. So, they... The general, you know, basically leads the girls off. Right. And is like, hey, let me go show you to a room. Well, doesn't he, like, say, like, we're not pay- we'll pay you the full fee. Like, you stay. Even yeah, if it's yeah, for yeah. us. Yeah, because yeah, they're gonna still going to perform at the end, even if there's nobody there, and it's just for them. So he goes off to show them the rooms, and Bob and Phil stand there talking to Martha, asking, well, you know, how do you end up here? Da, 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 da. And this leads into, what do you do with the general? And she's like, when the war was over, there were jobs galore. Well, then that's in the movie, but that's for the yeah, end. Yeah, that's for the end. But Martha sings it in this, and that's when Bob and Phil get this genius idea. Let's bring our show up here. Mm-hmm. Let's do our show. Let's do an out-of-town tryout out, up here. Yeah. Like, there's nothing else going on. You've got plenty of rooms. So let's let's bring everybody up here. And see if we can bring more people into the inn. So then we cut to the rehearsal space. And all the actors are there, everything. And Martha wants to audition. Martha gets a number. Martha gets a number. And in the film, The Housekeeper, which I believe it's Emma, is yeah. played by the incomparable Mary Wicks. I love her! And if anyone knows who she is or doesn't, if you've ever seen Sister Act, yes. you'll find her. Yeah. And she's not a singer. No. So if Sister Act didn't go by. <laughs> no. I mean, she can she can carry a tune with. The you know group. what I wish? I wish that Sister Act the movie had the nuns rap for her. Right. So right. I- so Martha decides she wants to audition, <laughs> and so she sings a song called "Let Me Sing" and I'm happy. Basically, about how she's always wanted to be in show business. And this doesn't happen in the movie. Yet. No, this does not happen. Happy in the movie. Happen in the movie. Uh, Emma, who or Martha, whichever name you want to go by, in the movie is just a nosy busybody. Yes. At the switchboard. But it's very, very. But you know, cares for the general and his granddaughter and the people that are there. And you know, she's very kind-hearted, but yep. she's also really nosy and is the cause of a lot of miscommunication. So we get to the end of this. It's basically the end of the day at this point, and. Bob is sitting outside the inn, and Susan, the granddaughter, comes out to talk to him, and they have a nice little conversation, and as opposed to the movie, Contra Blessings Instead of Sheep, is Bob singing basically a lullaby to Susan, instead of Bob and Betty singing it as... And then they kiss! Yeah. As a, uh, this is this is this is how I put myself to sleep with some warm milk Aww. and some liverwurst sandwiches. Which is disgusting. That. That's <laughs> that's disgusting. I'm sorry. Of all the things to eat before you go to bed, that's liverwurst. Disgusting. Um, no. The like rehearsal numbers that they do in the movie. Do you guys do those in the show? None we of them. We don't do choreography. No, but there's another one. There's the magical number. No. <gasps> because that number is entirely entirely too racist. Oh, that's fair. But the dancing, though. The dancing is phenomenal. I, okay, can we just, like, for a moment, for the movie purposes of this podcast. Yes. Talk about her costume. 
and how there is a gap between her leg and her crotch within the costume. Like, she, her hips would move, but her crotch would stay in place. Like, it was so sequined and, like, structured. Yes. It didn't move with her body, and there were times where it would open and go, oh, too much. Yeah. Too much. So Vera Ellen, who played Judy in the film. She was only hired for her dancing. She, she's a dancer. She oh, yeah, grew absolutely. up a dancer. And you, and you can tell that that's why they cast her. Yes. Because she did, was phenomenal. And because she was so focused on her career and her craft, she did suffer from anorexia. Yes. And which is also apparent in the movie. Yes, because her she, waist is itty-bitty. Oh, my God. It's unreal. Like, she legit looks like a Barbie doll. Yeah. And rumors are that all of her costumes have high necks because the way her skin was hanging because of the anorexia and all. That wasn't true. It's just she didn't like her neck. Well, and, I mean, even her hands. Like, I made the comment. Well, yeah. Her hands. Like, she looks like she has 50-year-old Yes. Hands. She has very old-looking hands. But she she was very thin, although she had some, she had really nice gams. Legs. Yeah. Legs. Yes. Um, she did. And, I mean, aside from the unnaturally small waist. It was creepy how yeah. small her waist was. But it gave her this leg gap that you could run a train through. It, I mean, specifically, like, it was really noticeable in this costume because, like I said, it was so... it was basically a unitard. Well, and it was so structured yeah. that the bottom part that covered her hooter didn't move with the rest of her. <laughs> and so there were times where she was about to have a Janet Jackson moment but with her crotch. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the menstrual number... A little too racist for that's fair. That's very fair for the stage show. Uh, it's I love that number. It's funny for the when time you think period. about the time period. It, well, it's like the other song that I don't like. Which other song you don't like? Stop the world. Oh, um, but after Count Your Blessings, we go into the first rehearsal number, which is Blue Skies, which oh, well, is also in Holiday Inn. Yes, and it's mo- it's mentioned in the movie. Yeah, because at the end when she's like, I don't want to sing the song. Like, let's let's do Blue Skies. Yeah. Um, so we do a full on huge dance production number of Blue Skies, and this is when I fell in that one performance. Did you, was there only one rehearsal number that you guys do? Is there multiple? Um, two. Well, because there's two like song rehearsals, and then they do the dance one in the movie. Two. There's two. Oh, <laughs> Sisters Reprise doesn't happen until Act Two, it's not in Act One. With Bob and Phil. Oh, no. It's in yeah. Act 2. I forgot about that. It's in, the, in Act 2. The movie, it's right after. It's um, during the rehearsals. Oh, okay. So in the movie, the rehearsal numbers are the Madrigals dance or, or song, and then they do a song called Choreography, which should have been in the show. Stage show. It should have been. It should have been. It should have been. Because it's, it's this. The theater. The, the theater. theater. Whatever What's happened, happened to the, the theater? theater? So it's literally like the it's Phil and some ensemble members and it's very much like uh what i can't think of, it it's very movement based I, yes. mean, I can't think of the type of dance it's called interpretive dance yes thank you interpretive dancing it's very much interpretive dancing like at one point like the ensemble members come toward the camera and like 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 go off yeah and they're all making these faces at the camera and phil has his eyeliner Yes. And it's all, it's a song about how like the, like entertainment basically has gone from this classic theater, like Shakespeare, you know, the interpretive dancing. Now I'm going music man in my head. Um, and how it's co- become 
just noise. And it cuts, and it's another ensemble member and Judy, and they're doing a much more, in this time period, modern dancing. Yeah. And But then toward the end of this dance, and this is what I love about it, is how Phil, who's representing the classic theater, and Judy and this other guy represent more modern time with their dancing, blend together at the very end. And then that's how the number ends. Yeah. And I really like that interpretation of theater and entertainment as a whole, where there is a place for the old, there's a place for a new, and there's a place for it to blend together. Yeah. Um, And it makes me think of you. As it should. As As it it should. should. Eyeliner, winged eyeliner and all. So in, in Blue Skies, this is where everything kind of comes to a head. The general finally realizes that he's making no money at this end. And there are bills that Martha has been hiding from him because Susan makes a comment about them. Oh. <laughs> and so the general then proceeds to chase Martha all around the stage during this rehearsal number, trying to get the bills from her. And it kind of just, the number ends. And that's the end of act one. There's something between the general and Martha. And then the number ends. And that's the end of act one. I can't I think, remember exactly what happened. Well, in the movie, there's no mention of the bills. Like, everyone knows, like, he's... Like, Martha mentions how he sunk everything into, you know, updating the end and all this stuff. And then the point where the general's kind of given up is Bob's come back from picking up the new brochures for the show and has the mail. And the general says, like, well, you know, I'm out of the end business. I, I applied to go back onto active duty in the Army. Yeah. He's like, I'm hoping they'll give me a you know, training overseas, something like that. He's like, they're going to try and give me a desk job, but I won't take that. And then he gets the letter back from his pal, an old friend in the Army. Yeah. Um, and in very nice terms, the guy says, you're too old. Yeah. You can't, you know, we don't have a place for you. And so he feels, the general now feels very forgotten and lost and yes. there's no point and blah, blah, blah. And so Bob, at this point in the movie version, decides to step up his game. Yeah. So... Act two begins with, I love a piano. Okay. It's another rehearsal number. It's a big tap number for Phil and Judy and the ensemble. The whole movie is a tap number. Well, yeah. Um, Except for the interpretive dancing, which is really funny to watch. But this number we all had on basically tuxedos with piano ties or music ties or whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be. And then Phil and Judy had their, their tap bits and we were behind them and... There was, I remember this fun movement where we were basically going down the line, but we were tapping forward and then we'd have to tap backwards and then forward and then backwards. It was ridiculous. And I, it's a wonder I survived that show, (laughs) especially after that number. Well, the only other rehearsal thing that they did in the movie was they did a dance rehearsal with Judy and the ensemble guy that she always did the dances with. Um, and that comes later. So, I'll, I mean, I, yeah. we'll bring that later. So, then Betty and Judy are, are, again, talking love. And Bob's apparently um, has decided to go to the Ed Sullivan show. And Betty thinks it's because he's trying to further his career. She doesn't know about the whole trying to get the general. There's no one that says anything to her to, her to make her think that? Martha. Yeah. Because Martha's are... part of this next number with oh, them. Oh, okay. Because in the movie, Martha, and, yeah. or, you know, and Bob makes a phone call because his grand idea is he wants to get their... The entire our entire infantry their, to come back. His, yeah, their... The, their 151st. 
uh, division. They're, they want to get the whole division back for the Christmas Eve for the show to remind the general that he has not been forgotten and yeah. that he still is important and things like that. So he makes a call to the uh, his friend at the Bob Sullivan show. Ed Sullivan. Sorry, Ed Sullivan. <laughs> show. Shut up. I've been up since 530. Um and is on this phone call, and Martha, who, again, is an amazing busybody, goes on the other phone and opens the line to listen. On the switchboard. On the switchboard and listens, and only hears the friends say how it's uh, you know, it's going to be like $100,000 free publicity for them, yeah. and da 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 And then the granddaughter comes in, so she turns it off real quick. Yeah. And then when she goes to try and listen to more, the phone calls over. And so she is upset because she has it in her head that they're, this isn't about, you know, they, he, they were supposed to be helping the general and yeah. they're not. And so she tells Betty, cause Betty sees that she's upset. And so she's like, well, he's going on the Sullivan show. He's going to bring cameras and things up here and going to film it just to further. It's going to be $200,000 in free publicity. Like that yeah. gossip train has yeah. started. So in the stage show, basically Martha has, has overheard that he's going to the Ed Sullivan show to get publicity for the show. That's all she's heard. So she, of course, tells Betty, and Betty is not happy about it, and it leads to this number, Falling Out of Love Can Be Fun, about falling how mm, love not falling that one. Love <laughs> if you're going to do it, do it in the right accent. I can't do it. Falling in love with love <laughs> is falling for make-believe. <laughs> My terrible Bernadette Peters impression. Oh. Um, basically, it's a very fun number between Betty, Judy, and Martha about how basically guys are scum. And, you know, the the end of a relationship can be just as fun as the relationship type of deal. So then we go back to the rehearsal, and this is where Bob and Phil do their sister's bit. Okay. Because um, it seems like morale has gone down because it's been, you know, crazy around there and, and, you know, the whole thing with blue skies and all that. So they're like, let's lift everybody's spirits and do this. Meanwhile, Betty is running away. She oh, ain't going to no, do it. There's no engagement? No. Okay, so in the movie... Judy and Phil decide to fake an engagement to try and push Bob and Betty together. So that way Betty feels like Judy is going to be taken care of so she can follow her own heart and not have to worry about Judy. And so they announce their engagement and Betty sees this as basically she doesn't have a place there anymore. She doesn't agree with what Bob's doing. She doesn't want to be a part of that. Judy's being taken care of so she's going to go off on her own. And so she leaves and this is the part in the movie where they do the dance rehearsal and Judy is in a very yellow Big Bird costume. Not an actual Big Bird costume, but that color. It's yes. a very yellow costume. And they do a great dance number. Again, phenomenal dancing. And then after the rehearsal's over, Susan, the granddaughter, brings the no- a note from Betty to Judy. And yep. Judy reads it. In that old-style movie where she's holding it and the camera's right on it, yep. holding it there so you can read it. Yep. Um, and then, you know, she's like, Phil, Phil. Yeah. So they do this and Betty's left and yes, Susan does bring in the note. So they all find out at the exact same time that Betty has left and Bob's like, no, this isn't right. Where would she go? In the movie, Bob finds out because he sees her at the train station. Yeah. And they have a very touching moment where she, he's holding onto her hand as the train's moving. And he's like, but if I said something or I did something, she's like, no, I I have to go. I have to go. Yeah. That's that's not in the stage show because she's just like fuck you. I would love to see how they would have pulled that off. The train. <laughs> well, they did in the bus and all shook up. So I mean, yeah. Um, so Bob is going to New York to be on the Ed Sullivan show, and 
Betty has said in her note that she's going to New York. She's she's found a job in New York. And so Bob's like, well, I have time to go to her show before I go do the Ed Sullivan show. So he goes and watches her show. And fucking A. We did Love You Didn't Do Right By Me the way it's supposed to be done in the movie with the guys in the black turtlenecks and the... The interpretive dancing. The interpretive dancing. <laughs> and, yeah, I was that guy who stood in front of her with his hands. Yes. With that face. Very stoic. Yes. Um, um, I don't know if you noticed this in the movie, but when he comes in and you see Betty's picture, she's in the costume yeah. from the rehearsal yeah. of the magical dance, like yeah. bracelets and all. And I go, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so while she's singing that, Bob is like, but I am in love with you. Like, you need to come back with me. And he sings his own little number, uh, How Deep is the Ocean, um, over Love You Didn't Do Right By Me. And then Bob's like, well, I got to go. I got to go. In the movie, his friend's there. He's like, I got a cab waiting. We got to go. We're going to be late. We got to go. And she's like, you shouldn't keep your friend waiting. You need to go. You need yeah. to go. And he, he tells her before he goes that he's doing this for the general. It's not for him. It's for the general. And, da, da, da. and she's just like, well, I'm here now. And da, 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 da. But she thinks about it, and she's like, I'm going back. In the movie, she doesn't know anything until he goes on the adult yes. show. Um, because that's where he sings. Uh, he, Bob sings the one song. Uh, the um, What Can You Do With the General? Yes, he sings that uh, to and, you know, in, for the general and to put his message out there to their division. Like, if any of these guys can yeah. come, please do so. And she watches the Ed Sullivan show and sees his message about you know, how none of the, you know, none of them are being paid for this. They're none, they don't want to be and all that stuff. And she realizes that she was a bitch. Yes. And she goes back. So she, he goes on the Ed Sullivan show. And again, with this pre-reprise nonsense that I've never heard of before, <laughs> um, he, he gives the message and there's the guys behind him. We were off stage, um, saying, we'll follow the old man wherever he wants to go. As long as he wants to go, opposite to the throne, we'll stay with the old man. Anyways, um, so we're seeing that quietly behind Bob and his message to the um, 151st Division to come to Pine Tree, Vermont for Christmas Eve to show the general that he is still loved. Um, so then we go back to Pine Tree. Bob has gotten there. And... There's a gift waiting for him. It's a music box, and it plays How Deep is the Ocean. And Betty shows up behind him, and they sing it together. And it's their loving, touching reunion. I like it better in the movie. Yeah. Because in the movie, she comes back. He doesn't know she's back yet until the show starts. Until the show starts. And she comes on for her part, like, yeah. in the costume. And he's like, the fuck? The fuck? What? They're both, and she, Phil and Bob are both like, huh? What? what? And she's just smiling like, got you, bitches. Yep. Got you. I got, got you, you I bitches. wish that number was in the stage show because I genuinely love, gee, I wish I was back in the army. It's a good, it's a funny song. Um, but, oh, before the How Deep is the Ocean. Gee. I wish I was back in the yard. Susan has decided she wants to take Betty's place. Okay. And so she sings a reprise of Let Me Sing and I'm Happy mm-hmm. to be like, hey, I can do just as good as she can. Um, and then we have the touching reunion mm-hmm. between Bob and Betty. And then we get into the show and the infantry has showed up. Another 30-second costume change. Two of them within a song. Within a song. So we have to run off stage, put on our army uniforms, come on singing, we'll follow the old man. 
Which is the same as how they do it in the movie. Yeah. Where the general doesn't know anything about it. And so they... The, I like the line in the movie where he's like, he can't find his suits. And he's like, I can't believe you sent all my suits to be cleaning. She's like, you only have two. Yeah. And the granddaughter's like, Grandpa, where are your uniform? He's like, I will not be seen in uniform. And yeah. like they kind of get into it, and he's like, "I would, you know, I did perfectly fine before you came around to Martha." And Martha's like, "Yeah, but it took fifteen thousand men to take my place." And she storms off, and I'm yeah. like, "Bitch, yes." Which that moment is in the stage show. Oh, um, I love that moment. So we all come out singing "Wolf well, of the Old Man." Yeah, so he comes out, and they're all clapping for him, and he's just like in awe of how many people are there and see. You know, and yeah. then they start the song, and the whole division is coming. Well, yeah. not the whole, but as many as they, they could get. Yeah, come down in formation, basically, and then part, basically part the Red Sea. And there was one guy in the movie that was really happy to be there. <laughs> of course, Abby had to point that out twice. Twice. Um, and he, you know, they're you know they're like ready for inspection, and the guy behind them is like just routine, like you know. You got this. And so he goes and he kind of gives him a little bit of a hard time. But he's like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, so following that, we go into White Christmas. Their second costume change into a tuxedo. So the snow you don't see until after this? No, you see it during this. Oh, yeah. Mind you, we're in the inn performing, singing White Christmas. So in there the is... movie, they show it before White Christmas. Yeah. They open the door and there's just yeah. one... That must have been a blizzard if there was no snow and everyone arrived. They sing and then one all of a song sudden, yeah. and then all of a sudden there's at least four feet of snow. Yeah. Um, I'm like, well, shit. So in the stage show, Bob makes the comment about how, hey, yeah, we know there's not any snow up here right now. But in the spirit of Christmas, we all sing White Christmas and it starts snowing. Fucking soap machine. <laughs> snow machine. Sorry. Snow. It's soap, guys. When you're singing White Christmas and you've got all these long drawn out vowels, I'm dreaming of a white soap in your mouth, soap in your mouth for three and a half minutes. So in the movie, like I said, the snow is, you see the snow before and after. So like at the end, toward the end of the song, the backdrop for their show raises Raises up up and and the barn doors are open. open. Which, in the movie, like, when we were watching it, though, you were like, oh, yeah, it's because the entire back of the barn can just raise. And I was like, no, no, like, then there's the... But if you look at it, because it's a screen behind there. Right. The stage goes, and you can tell where the screen goes below the stage, so it doesn't look like the barn doors. I know it's supposed to be the barn doors are open, but it's not... Because you see the opening of the barn door, Um, but... They just didn't set it up correctly in the movie to look... It was 1954, guys. <laughs> they didn't have the technology we have today. Um, so, yes, we sing White Christmas. It snows on stage, even though in our small production, there's no way of having some sort of scene change. So it looks like we're opening barn doors or anything like that. So it's like it's snowing inside the inn while we're performing. Why not? And then... Did they do the gift thing? No. Because oh. she gave him the music. Oh, box. that's right. That's right. So in the movie... In their touching reunion. Bob's off stage before they start saying White Christmas, and he's talking to all the kids about, like, holding their candles up really high and all that stuff. And she, Betty sneaks a present into Santa's sack. And so during White Christmas, he is putting the presents out, and he sees the one from Betty to him, and he opens it. And because they sing the lullaby song, there's a whole bit about how she's naive looking for a guy, like, you know, her knight on a white horse or whatever. And he's like, that's... My white knight, my Lancelot. One Grisha. Sorry. (laughs) Wrong show. I know. Um, 
And so she had got him a statue of a of a knight on a white horse. Yeah. And so then, like, I love this part too because she like is coming around the tree, like she knows she has to fucking know. Yeah. And she's like fiddling with the tree, like sl- making her way that way, very obviously. Yeah. Like, there's no reason for her to be touching no. the thousands of pounds of tinsel on this tree. And he just grabs her for he like throws it into the tree, the statue, and just grabs her and starts kissing yeah. her. And then uh, Phil says something. And Bob's like, I'm going to be very busy. And he's like, oh, I'm going to join you. And I'm like, that's awkward. That's awkward. That's and, not. And Bob just drops the present into the tree. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, clearly that was breakable. <laughs> yep, that right. Um, so then the show ends with, with White Christmas. Um, and But there is another song that is supposed to be post-curtain call. Oh. But it was kind of sort of our curtain call. Uh-huh. Um, it's I've Got My Love to Keep Me Warm. Not now. Fucking cold. Um, it's a pointless, pointless number. Like, just do your curtain call. And Can we also talk life. about the fact in the movie how they lift the small prima ballerina little girl to light the candles on the tree? Yeah. I understand time period, and it's a different time, but I don't understand how anyone felt comfortable with a small child with an open flame lighting candles on a flammable tree covered in tinsel. Yeah. It's a miracle that thing did not go up. Oh my goodness! So, oh, and we didn't talk about the one girl. Which one girl? With the forehead <laughs> the and bangs. the bangs. Oh my god! The forehead and the bangs. I mean, like, okay, so there were other little girls in the scene in the movie that had the curled bangs. Yeah. But somehow, this poor child had a forehead of at least four inches tall and bangs the same height, but above her forehead. Yes. They were huge. They were. It looked not proportional. It was really bad. Really bad. <laughs> Like, disproportional, like, Judy's waist. Like, it was really bad. <laughs> so that is White Christmas. Um, the stage show is wonderful if you have a chance to go see it. If I it's love playing anywhere. I or if it plays movie. next year. If, or just you know, watch the movie. Theater comes out. Well, yeah, watch the movie. Watch the, the movie. movie's great. Um, I love the movie. But, yeah, the stage show is, is just as good and it's just as nostalgic as the movie. Yes. Like, I mean, I think they did a, from what you said, I think they did a really good job of keeping that nostalgia and keeping with as true yeah. to the movie as they could. And I, I mean, when the tour first came through here, um, I was, I, I had a lot of trepidation about going to see it. I was like, but the movie is just so classic. It's great. It's wonderful. What if they fucked it up? Cause you know, this was a time before I was reading reviews online consistently. Yeah. Um, and I was like, ah, you know, but don't you think just if you read the reviews, it. you wouldn't have gone and seen it. No, I probably still would have gone and see him just to see what they fucked up. Oh, fair. fair. Um, with your notebook. With my notebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but I was like, you know what? I love White Christmas. I said, it's that time of year. There's nothing else playing around town. Let me go see it. So I went and saw the tour and was pleasantly surprised, fell in love with it. So much so that, you know, two, three years later when it came to Bloomington, two hours away from here, I drove up there to see it. That was more so for Judy Garland's daughter than yes, anything yeah. else. I was going to say, I was like, that, yeah. there, yeah. Um, but it it's a wonderful product. So much so that they remounted it at the Fifth Avenue Theater in Seattle and things like that. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, why doesn't it play every year at, at, on Broadway at Christmas? You know, people love it. People love to go and see it. You know, that or, or switch it off with the other Christmas shows. Elf that we talked about mm-hmm. last week or, you know, 
Well, it's like the Actors Theater here. They do Christmas Carol every year. Hot Christmas Carol. Well, I'm not saying it was, it's a good thing. It's no. kind of dead in the water at this yeah. point because they've done it so many times. But it would have been nice. Like, do something been, different. Yeah, like they should do a Christmas Carol. I like or when not, they used to do... They should do White Christmas. I liked when they used to do Tuna Christmas. That show's hilarious. Anyways. Um, but yeah, White Christmas. So we kind of covered the musical film mm-hmm. portion of, of this episode as well as we talked about the stage show. Um my Broadway related news holiday album oh. is the Jersey Boys Seasons Greetings album. Um, and it's multiple casts of Jersey Boys singing Christmas carols, classics, all that. They do the um, White Christmas. Oh, yeah. And then the Frankie Valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, what was that? What was that? <laughs> Uh, they have a fun little Santa melody medley and things like that. And it's, it's a good all around and it's sometimes you forget you're listening to casts of a Broadway show and you're like, Oh, this four seasons is, I, I really like this. Oh wait, it's not actually the four seasons. Yeah. It's Jersey boys. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, I mean, I'll just go ahead. We've, we've got time. I watched jingle jangle on Netflix. Um, not what I was expecting. Okay. The music is not, does not correspond with the time period of the show. Okay. It's more modern, up-tempo. Um, mm-hmm. It's a mostly black cast. Okay. Um, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And it's really well done. Felicia Rashad's in it. And Anikanani Rose, Forrest Whitaker. Um, and they've got a lot of talent going on. Some great dance numbers. Um. It's a little slow moving at first, mm-hmm. but then once you really get into it, you're like, okay, this, this is, I like this. I really do like this. And <laughs> there's this number where Forrest Whitaker's character has basically become a recluse because he's an inventor and somebody has stolen his book of invention, stolen his magic, basically. And so he turns his inventor shop into a pawnbroker shop and keeps the lights off and he's got this male lady in town, um, my trump card in Cards Against Humanity, the sassy uh. black woman. <laughs> and she's like, oh, come on, you know, and she's got this big brassy number and it's a whole lot of fun. And I mean, there are moments where you're just like, oh, but then there are moments where you're like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so I highly recommend Jingle Jangle for something different. Right. It's not your, your run of the mill Christmas film. It's something different. And I think you would like it or you would absolutely abhor it. So you should watch it and let me know what you think. So that made me think of this um, Netflix movie. And I don't remember the exact title of it. I'm trying to think. So you know how they have like the the Cinderella story series Uh like movies? So it's one of those. Oh. The holiday one? Yeah. (laughs) But it's a Christmas one. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. I've seen the the screen of it on the... Oh my God. So first off, the quote unquote prince in the movie... You remember Wizards of Waverly Place? You remember the werewolf boyfriend? Uh-huh. It's him. Okay. Um, and so the main girl is, you know, dad's passed away, lives with wicked stepmom and her two stepsisters. Um, the one stepsister is like 
does a vlog and like all the stuff, and then the other one is basically an idiot. Is it a musical like they tried to do with the Selena Gomez Christmas or Cinderella? Song? Yeah, yeah. So they're okay. they're singing in it. Okay. The, the the girl, the main girl, is like an aspiring songwriter. Like it's her dream to be a be a singer and perform her songs and things like that. Um, she works at a Santa village as an elf because she loves Christmas. Um, and all of their, like, they have, like, an elf show that her and her friends do that work there. And she's written all the songs for it. And, um, and so she sings these Chris, her, her Christmas songs. Um, and they're not bad. They're cute. You know, they're catchy tunes and everything like that. But the overall thing, like, there's um, the whole, like, song between her and the rich guy who she doesn't know is this famous wealthy guy because he has his dad owns the Santa village and it's like family tradition like after a certain that they have to be Santa at the Santa village like his dad did it his dad did it and so he's Santa but she doesn't know it's Santa until he like reveals himself because he's falling in love with her and she's like oh fuck you're so and so (laughs) (laughs) and so they have like this whole number between the two of them you know and it's the cheesiest thing I've ever seen because like there's a whole part where they're like she like runs up on top of something and she jumps and she's clearly on wires because it's a gap like from my chair to the end of my porch and she just floats over it and lands very nicely and I was like this is awful (laughs) (laughs) all of the Cinderella stories since the original have been awful the original I love I like music though like with the Selena Gomez one like I like the music but but I mean I mean I'm not gonna be like oh my god I love this nothing like no it's it's whatever I really liked the original one because it was a fun at the time that it came out it was a new it was a fun retelling yeah and then they decided that they're gonna do 457 sequels yeah but it's all it's the exact same story three now three three three, or four But it's the exact same story over with and over a tweak here and there. Yeah. I mean, this actors. is, yeah. Um, the wealthy guy, his dad owns like a chain of hotels or something like that. Um, and he's not in the music business like the Selena Gomez one. Like the other one's yeah. like a famous singer. He's not a famous singer, but he wants to manage. He wants to be a band manager. Like that's what he wants. He, he has a passion for music, but he doesn't. He doesn't want to perform. He wants to manage bands. I mean, he kind of already has a few and things like that. And yeah. Uh, so. It's just, it's bad. Like, <laughs> the lady that plays, like, the Wicked Stepmom. Oof. Oof. She creepy. Is it anybody? I can't, I don't know their names. Um, the girl, the one girl that played the, the stupid stepsister, she did make me laugh. Especially when they, like, <coughs> they sneak themselves in like they they get themselves invited to like the the big christmas party which is like the ball for cinderella right and the one they go in there and they the stupid stepsister basically has in her head that to fit in with all these rich people she has to have a british accent <laughs> and it's a really bad british accent That's awesome. and then her other that her sister who is like the sm- not smarter one but you know, is more like the favorite of the moms. She was like, Oh, so-and-so has an accent. I should have an accent too. And the mom's like, no, no accents. And then they get there and they're both trying to do these accents oh, God. and they're just bad. And she's like, no accents, no accents, 
this is and she, she this time stupid one goes up to a waiter at one point thinking that it's miss the big head honcho yeah. the rich guy the dad and is like it's so nice to meet you and the waiter's just standing there like oh. uh, so <laughs> my goal is to have this this published and out there for y'all to listen to by the 8th so that we can recommend the next three nights of Broadway. Oh, fuck. That, that hurts. <laughs> December Shit. 9th on NBC, The Grinch, the musical, um, Matthew Morrison as The Grinch. I'm terrified. <laughs> Bobo Stewart from the Twilight movies and the Descendant movies as young Max. I'm scared. <laughs> um, have you seen the pictures of him? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah. I'm, I'm scared. We'll be talking about that next week, guys. <gasps> um, and then on the 10th on NBC, we have One Night Only, uh, the Broadway tribute um, with Broadway performances. That's when I got to record, stuff. right? Yes. Um, and Shit, I got to remember how to record stuff. <laughs> and then on Friday on Netflix, The Prom. Yep. The Prom comes out, Wait. which... What? So The Prom and The One Night Only come out on the same day? No. The 10th is... The one night only. The oh, I see, I see. Is the problem. So not all this week. Next week. Next week. All next week. All next week. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I was like, fuck, it's already Wednesday. Did we miss something? <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, next week. Okay. Next week. Yes. Uh, the prom, the reviews are coming out. Um, apparently it's the feel good mu- movie musical 2020 needs, except for James Corden. Which makes me sad. Apparently like watching James Corden. James Corden do an American accent makes everybody who's American realize, oh my God, that's what the British think when we do British accents. <laughs> Aww, um, I like James Corden though. Apparently, he overdoes it too much, Aww. and there are some some reviews that have an issue with the fact that he is a straight man playing a gay character when there so? are, are plenty of gay actors that could have taken the role. Okay, well, I, um, I can see that. Like the guy who played it on Broadway, Brooks Ashminkus. <laughs> I hate his name. It's like, what's his face from Newsies? <laughs> yeah. Brooks Ashmankus. Okay. Um, which Ashmankus? we saw on the tour, on the Ashmankus? Tony Awards, something like that. Ashmankus. On the Tony Awards, singing the, yeah. the song. Right. He's fantastic. Oh, yeah. No, it's very apparent even, that his character even, is gay. Yes, this one reviewer is like, this would have been the perfect role for Nathan Lane. Why didn't they get Nathan Lane? If they wanted a bigger name, why didn't they get Nathan Lane? We will see. We will see. If James Corden is the only issue we have with the prom, then fuck it if it's still a good movie. I did have a problem with James Corden in Cats. Well, remember, had- remember my review where I completely forgot about it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone had an issue with Cats. <laughs> everyone had an issue with and, and Cats. And it, was, it wasn't just James Corden. Uh, you had an issue with Fat Amy, too. Well, yeah. Who's not fat anymore? No, she looks She's good. Also, she looks fantastic. She looks good. I'm like, how are they going to make a fourth Pitch Perfect movie without Fat Amy? I mean, Rebel Wilson will still be in it, but she won't be Fat Amy anymore. No. Um, unless they've already filmed it before she lost all the weight. But I haven't heard anything about it since yeah, they announced it. Yeah. But anyways. Um, but yeah, The Prom. Are, are those the... Three? Yeah, the three. three. Yeah. Still don't know about the Tony Awards, guys. Nope. Haven't still heard no word about the Tony Awards. Um, we have nominees. We just don't have... A date for the awards. Maybe yeah. after the first of the year. Maybe. We'll Who see. Knows. Since, you know, there's not going to be Tony Awards next year. Do you need a moment? 
I do, because okay. I understand why. Yeah. But I'm still bothered by it. I And, I mean, I'm just going to, like, PSA wear your mask, guys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and don't, don't be stupid. Two of my family members now have COVID <laughs> because they decided to get together for Thanksgiving. I was a smart one that stayed home. And then two days later, got together for my nephew's birthday, which I'm like, this is completely pointless during a pandemic. I'm not going. But anyways, anyways, London, London has things under control, guys. They are announcing shows opening by the end of the month. Wow. Six, and everybody's talking about Jamie. Mm-hmm. I want to see Six so bad. I know. I want to see it so bad. They filmed it in London. They were going to do a, like, drive-in drive, drive in yeah. concert version of it. It's been filmed, guys. Just give it to us. Please? Just give it to us. Please? Uh, that's one that we will sit down and watch. I, I still mean, have, I'm I, still going to sit down and watch Diana, but... I still have Acorn TV. Can you just put it on there? <laughs> yes, because the murder mystery... Acorn TV. Yes, please. Is where, they well, have, I guess. They have other things on there. We just don't watch those. No, no. I almost bought you the entire Miss Fisher's collection, including the movie, on DVD for Christmas. But it went off sale. Aww. I forgot about it. Fuck! <laughs> I forgot about it. Fuck. It was like $48 for all three seasons plus the movie. Ugh. And I was like, oh. I'm sure there was great bonus content, too. I know. I was like, oh, this is the perfect gift for Abby for Christmas and then I completely forgot about it on Black Friday and then the modern mysteries keeps popping up on my Amazon it's things you should buy you need to watch it first I need first. to watch it first it's on oh it's somewhere else now there's somewhere else that I can watch it oh not on our because I don't have anymore? Acorn anymore I mean it's what six episodes yeah I so I mean I could get Acorn for seven days free and, and finish it oh yeah if easy. I had the sit down time to do so, but you know, working ten hours a day and all that fun stuff. I'm but almost done with numbers. <laughs> Cat's almost done with SVU. Holy fuck! Mind that's you, way more impressive. Mind you, she lets it play while she goes to sleep, so it gets like an episode and a half in after she falls asleep. Before it's like, are you still watching this? No, after I passed out. Have you seen? On Netflix now, they give you the option to continue watching it without that prompt coming up. No. <laughs> yeah. They, they When they popped up that screen, continue watching without asking this again or yeah. I'm still watching, you know, the yeah. other two normal options. Um, but yeah, <laughs> they have that option now where you can just let it keep playing and it's not going to stop and ask you. Oh, that's nice. That is nice. Um, but yeah, no, I'm on season, I'm about halfway through season five, so I'm almost done with numbers. Nice. Nice. And I'm still waiting for Amita to get kidnapped because I know that fucking happened. Yes. I am slowly making my way through The Closer. I've been watching other things in between. The Closer and me, we just weren't friends. I'm like, I'm in the last season. I'm like four episodes I lost interest. I lost interest in it. Season five was awful, but now we're we're into season, the last season. Maybe that's when I lost interest, because I lost yeah. interest, and I was like, I can't watch it. The last season, where she's getting sued and all this you stuff. You know what I want to watch after numbers? What? Perception. Um, that ends on a major... Well, no. It doesn't. They came back, it ends. They came back with, what, six more episodes after that? Yeah. 
They finished it out. Not great, but they finished it out. You fucking watched the Glades again. I can't believe I you. I did, but I never finished the last episode. I Like, I watched it up to that point, and I was like, mm, no, I'm not rewatching. it. I had to refrain from buying myself all nine seasons of CSI New York. Because they had, like, seasons one, two, three. Did you know how CSI New York ended? Right. Pissed right? me off. They had them, like, in three-season sets at Big Lots. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I need those because they're not on any streaming network, dumbasses. They're on Prime. It's on Prime. Is it on Prime? Yeah. Fucking hell. I've watched next. it. I've watched it. I'm watching it. next. Dude, because CSI New York had the best story arcs. Right? Like, big story arcs. Each right? season had one. And then they had the one that spanned, like, what, like, three seasons? Yeah. With the one with the t-shirt guy? Yep. But that series ended... Like, they were going to continue on and never did. And yeah. it really pissed me off. <laughs> it didn't piss me off as much as the Glades. No, that was just mean. That was just that was awful. Just rude. That was just rude. Awful. awful. That was so rude. I feel like we should end this conversation because we're not even talking about Broadway <laughs> We're not anymore. talking Broadway so Because there's, grab- there's not really any Broadway news except that London is, is trying to get reopened. Um, there's... Uh, but I do like that a lot of the Broadway... Um, the Broadway community has their own holiday catalog now oh. of things they've done during COVID. Cool. Things they've made and stuff. So I ordered that catalog today. I'm like, hey, send it to me in my email because let's support these people. Um, but yeah, that's week two of holiday shows. Ow. Next week is The Grinch because <laughs> we will have watched it. Am I going to be really mad that you're going to make me watch this? There's a possibility. But I think overall, the show, we're going to be okay with. Okay. But him, I'm just worried. Worried, worried, worried. So, yeah. But we will talk about The Grinch next week. And we will give you our (laughs) 10 cent review (laughs) of of the film. Don't worry. I'll find the one guy. Don't worry. You will. I always do. You always do. Um, and then following that will be Holiday Inn. So, because we're going to try not to do Abby's favorite. No. Abby's favorite, which I told you my dad was buying me for Christmas, right? Yeah. Yeah, you told me. (laughs) Because I have to add it to the collection. Well, no, originally he said he wasn't going to because he thought you hated it. And you're like, no, just Abby. Yeah, just Abby hated it. I can't fucking stand it. I was like, I'm fine with it. There were some choices that needed to be changed, but I have have all the other live musicals on DVD. I was so pissed off after that. I was like, thank (laughs) you for making me watch this and waste two and a half hours of my life. Well, you know, it happens. And you watched it on your own. I did. You could have stopped at any time. But then I would have just prolonged the torture. (laughs) You could have stopped at any time because Kat and I watched it at my house. You watched it on your own. Yeah, but I also didn't start watching it until later. And you all were coming over. This is true. And I also needed time between to process what I had just witnessed. (laughs) And not try and drink myself to death. Yeah. We're talking about a Christmas story if we haven't said it yet. A Christmas story, the musical. Ralphie to the rescue. Whoa. Ralphie to the serial killer. Whoa. Yeah. He was. He was scary. So. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. And we will see you next week for The Grinch. I'm just, I'm already. (laughs) Do we make it a drinking game?
No, because I don't drink. And we both have to work the next morning. Yes. So, but yeah, we <sighs> will. <sighs> I like how we're both dreading this. I know. I know. The things we like, do for our listeners. I'm like, this is what we're doing next week. Now, how the fuck do I end this episode? Because usually it's just like, that's all for today. See you next time. So yeah, that, that's all we got for you. We'll see you next time. Bye.